You're listening to Behold Diana. This is episode 11. Throughout this series, we have brought you Diana's story, as written in her own words. Now, we want you to hear Diana's voice. On May 29, 1972, Diana was interviewed on camera by the CBC's Margot Lang. As with her novel, Diana is only credited for the interview by her first name in order to protect herself and her family. Even so, at the time, the interview was deemed too controversial to broadcast. The program, called All About Women, recorded segments on sexuality, abortion, pornography, and feminism, too. None of these ever aired, but they live on in the CBC's archives. And that's where we found Diana. The next voice you hear will be Margot Lang posing a question to Diana. Diana, why did you want to become a woman? Margot, it goes back, of course, many, many years ago. It's uh, a situation that I think really goes back to, to almost babyhood. I think possibly the best way in answering your questions is to say that even from infancy, I think that there's a, a forcible genderization placed upon us. Uh, gender identity comes from the cradle saying, oh gosh, doesn't he look like his father? Isn't he a big bouncing little man? Or, oh, isn't she cute and adorable? So basically, even from childhood, we have forced identity, which I think in itself is good, except in the area of situations such as mine, which is transsexualism. Now, I wasn't aware of the fact that I was a transsexual. Did, did you, excuse me, did you realize as a little boy, though, that you were different? Well, yes, obviously, I didn't myself realize, but it was in, in school days, very early school days, uh, when other children brought this to my attention. Quite obviously, um, during recess, boys are inclined to want to play football. Uh, they want calisthenics, uh, whereas I was more inclined toward the female um, part of, of recess activity, skipping and swinging with the girls. Uh, naturally, um, children, other children, both boys and girls, uh, found this to be uh, somewhat different from the norm. And as such, I was harassed, and uh, uh, I then realized that I was different. But how? Naturally, I didn't know. But it, to get back to your original question, why did I want to become a woman? Basically, I've always been a woman, Margot. It's, uh, may I explain transsexualism to you? I was a transsexual, now I'm a woman. But in the case of a male transsexual, we find that psychologically, emotionally, and in every area, in every respect, this biological male is a female, a part from the external genitalia, which is usually that of a normal male. Uh, it's a matter then of adjusting the body to the mind, because the, uh, it's in, impossible to uh, blend the mind in to the body, which would be so much easier, and then have the a subject, a well-adjusted male to all intents and purposes. In case of male transsexualism, this is absolutely impossible. Insofar as uh, sexuality or insofar as sexual habits are concerned, the male transsexual prior to surgery is usually asexual, basically because uh, 
he, at that time, is not attracted to homosexuals, uh, but in fact attracted to heterosexual males. Uh, as such, um, because of the fact that the subject patient is of the male gender, he cannot have normal intercourse, of course, with a heterosexual male, which is the desire of the transsexual. Most people are very confused. I don't yeah. know the difference between a transsexual, a homosexual, and a transvestite. Right. Well, let me explain. Uh, obviously, I've explained what a transsexual is just a few moments ago. With a transvestite or transvestism, we find uh, an absolutely normal man, biologically, um, perhaps married, sometimes leading a very satisfactory heterosexual relationship with a woman, probably the father of children, who derives a certain sexual gratification out of dressing in female clothing. He is not pursuing the uh, identity of a female as such. He is not attempting to appear physically as a woman. Just the mere fact that he can dress as a woman at certain times gives him a sexual gratification. With homosexuality, of course, I think we all know pretty well what that is. Uh, it is two men, uh, absolutely normal insofar as, as um, external genitalia is concerned, who derive uh, uh, satisfaction from sexual relations with each other. They, uh, homosexuals, I don't think, have any desire whatsoever to undergo sex reassignment since obviously they're deriving sexual pleasure and gratification from their male organs. In your book, Behold I Am a Woman, you mentioned only one sexual encounter. I believe I mentioned two sexual encounters, Margot. Uh, in Behold, I Am a Woman, I felt in writing my life story that I would tell all. And as such, I think the instance that you're referring to is where I was in actual fact attempting to find myself. Uh, I had undergone a very tragic experience in a car accident which is mentioned in Behold, I Am a Woman, in which a very dear friend of mine was killed. And After that I went into a recession because my identity then was known. You see, I had been dressing uh, as a girl since the age of 17 with parental and uh, um, a private doctor's consent to be socially more acceptable. When the car accident occurred and this young lady was killed, I was charged with criminal negligence causing death and arrested. I was, of course, then employed as a female and to all intents and purposes was, uh, was a woman. Uh, and uh, when I was arrested and incarcerated, um, my secret was, of course, found out. Uh, the press then became uh, familiar with the case. It became a matter of uh, spectacularism as opposed to the criminal charge. The uh, ultimate end of this, of course, was uh, exoneration by a judge and jury, but the stigmatization still held. I was ostracized by many, many people, obviously because they couldn't understand, which is just what you said a few moments ago. Did you lose your job because of this? No, I didn't. I didn't lose my job. You I were was playing a, a double legal role. secretary. Is that I was a legal secretary, and I used to appear in court uh, with my own natural uh, hair red and go to work in a blonde wig. And my boss never ever knew that I was the one that was in the paper. As a matter of fact, <laughs> very amusingly, he said uh, he saw a picture of me uh, one time in the newspaper, not aware that I was in fact his secretary. And he said, well, "How the 
hell can this go on, you know? And he said, can you understand it? And I said, oh no, Mr. So-and-so, you know, I just, <laughs> it's beyond my cope and reach. But uh, that was the lighter side of it. It did get to me. Obviously, a very, very dear friend of mine had been killed. I was exonerated, um, but morally I felt some form of responsibility, although uh, insofar as the legal aspect, I was virtually not guilty. So that is when I went into a depressive mood. Um, I wasn't interested in myself. I blocked myself away from friends. I withdrew, in other words. And during this time, I found that I had a lot of time to think. And it was then that I felt I had to achieve the ultimate that a transsexual or a genuine transsexual desires, and that is sex reassignment surgery. But I wanted to make certain in my own mind of two things, just who was I and what was I. As a result, I attempted intercourse with a woman, and it failed miserably. I attempted a homosexual act with a man that also failed completely. It was then that I perked myself up. I knew that when all doors appeared to be closed, there were certain ones that were still open an inch. I read on everything I, everything I could lay my hands on, on transsexualism. I uh, then approached a New York doctor, who by the way wrote the introduction to my book, Dr. Leah Wallman, and I heard of him through the, um, the um, Benjamin Foundation in New York, who at that time we're studying transsexualism. The, uh, I'm sorry, not the Benjamin Foundation, the Erickson Foundation. Mm -hmm. Dr. Benjamin actually authored the book, uh, The Transsexual Phenomena. How long did all these operations take? Uh, well, I'd like period. to go just a little bit more into this line of bringing us up more to the current date. At that time, Dr. Wallman uh, was in contact with my local medical practitioner and advised my doctor and instructed him to put me on a course of female hormones, which then is actually a process whereby it, it chemically castrates the male. And from there, I pursued the, the actual surgeries. Uh, it was unavailable in Canada, absolutely unheard of. I think at that time, almost illegal. It was illegal to sterilize a male. So I took uh, myself south, of the border into the USA, and I underwent what was that, what at that time was somewhat of an undercover piece of surgery, uh, an orchidectomy, which is castration. I returned to Toronto, quite virtually um, a eunuch, and I approached the uh, Toronto General Hospital at that time, and uh, they were very interested in completing the transition through vaginal plasty. However, the Clark Institute of Psychiatry at that time had opened its doors with the Gender Identity Clinic, which uh, is an organization still active, sponsored by the University of Toronto, um, and it is a study group for transsexuals. And I was their first patient after a year and a half of exhaustive therapy. It was then absolutely recommended that I undergo sex reassignment, and I became Canada's first sex change patient on, in April of 1970, and I've been biologically a woman for two years.
Behold Diana is produced by Borderland Pride. Our music is by The Night Driver, and our sound was mixed by MJ Interactive. This episode used audio from a video available in the CBC's online archives.